Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast. We're in the uh, Night Shift Football Studios right now. We are. Uh, we've had probably hours worth of technical difficulties to run through tonight. What a disaster! So if the sound quality isn't quite there, well, ditch us. Never listen to us again. Tell us to get fucked and put us in the bin. So we got A League action back this week. We're going to jump, jump straight into it. Adelaide's one-all draw away to Perth. Uh, Tommy, you caught this one. I caught bits of it. Um, what do you got? Speaking of in the bin, Paramount Plus's coverage. Boo, boo. Take it back to Fox Sports. Bring back Murdoch, yeah. I was wondering how long it would take for us to touch on the Paramount thing. Um, All of two seconds. Not good enough. Nah, I'm happy to give them a little bit of time. There's, there's going to be teething issues always. Um, Optus, like when they first started out, same thing. Now people are rejoicing the fact that they've got the Prem for another four, yeah. uh, six years or whatever it is. Yeah, see, I don't like that because while I'm happy the game's away from Foxtel, it's like just because Optus screwed everyone around and did a shit job early on, why does that excuse everyone else to? I think if you're, <laughs> if you're offering a service that people are paying money for, it should be ready to go. That's like that bigotry of uh, low expectations. All of a sudden now, these guys who are taking our money, hand over fist happily, taking the full amount as well from the get-go, are now all of a sudden not providing a service that we are expecting. I get, yeah, I get that argument. I'll give them a couple of weeks. Um, but it's, it's that thing. I'm not going to turn off from Paramount. They're going to continue hosting the A-League now. So Yeah, I know. We're stuck with it. We want to watch the A-League, so we're... We're going to use it. And they know it. They know people want to see stuff, they'll pay for it. Same with Stan and their issues with the oh, Champions League yeah. and the Europa League. God, don't even get us started on Stan. The same as Optus early on with the Premier League. They know people are going to come so they, they can afford to just blow the money on the rights without knowing whether they can actually provide the service or not. But it, it'll get better, but it's just frustrating at the moment. It'll get better. Um, you know, it's probably more than frustrating if you wanted to dive into other A-League games before we hit Adelaide. The City-Brisbane game, there was kind of a contentious issue there. Uh, there was an offside decision given at 2-1 uh, Melbourne City. It was a Brisbane Raw equaliser. Uh, very tight, extremely tight. The referee flags it, yep. um, which, you know, we err on the side. If the referee is going to flag it, then yeah, by all means. Yep. I'm happy with that. Um, by the current letter of the law, it was probably too close for him to flag and it always should have been looked at by VAR. Problem is, the VAR cameras were down at this point. There was a technical difficulty during this period of play that was announced on uh, on Twitter last night. Just not good enough. It's related to yep. it's related to the Paramount Plus uh, broadcast. They sort of relate it to a Telstra outage earlier in the day, but it's all interrelated. These things are connected. Yep. It's just not good enough. It's affecting the football on the field straight away. They've got to sharpen up. Yeah. Now that's. Uh... We saw it happen in that grand final. Absolutely ridiculous. You can't be having a system like VAR in and then just going, oh no, we, we just didn't have it for this section of the game. If it's, I don't know, if it goes down at some point, you just got to not use it at all, I guess. I don't know. What do you do? If there's been call, What if there's been calls early in the game um, swayed by VAR and then VAR incidents later where there is no VAR and they can't do it? Exactly. Think Ca- it- catch a later integrity. <laughs> yeah, like I had any integrity to begin with. I think it just goes, it emboldens my argument from last week. We need to have reviews. 
it's up to the captain to decide whether or not to have a look at something. I'm in the just get rid of it camp at the moment. Yeah. I'm in the um, that like, would be nice. just just have VAR for like red cards. Like violent acts of you know. Which referees should be picking up well, anyway. Well why don't we use it to actually pick on stuff that does ruin the fucking game, like players that dive, players that go down for freeze or pretend they're injured all the time. Use it for that. Get them out of the game. Done. But they'll never do it. This is part of the game. Yeah. It's cultural, Sam. Yeah. We saw a little bit of cultural play acting from Adelaide's best on the weekends. <laughs> yeah, Izzy's always been a master of it. So Adelaide went away to Perth, as we said at the top. Drew one all. Uh, probably could have been a win, could have been a loss. Mm. I'd probably take the point. We'll take the point, given I think we wrote us off yep. uh, in the preview pod. So that's already one point up on where we thought we were going to be at this stage. Yep. Happy days. No, if I was offered the point before the game, I would have taken it. Um, on the balance of the first half, I thought we probably could have snagged a couple of goals. Definitely. Oh, definitely. We created a glut of chances. And it, it poses the question already, is it like first game rust or are we without a prolific finisher again this season? And is it again going to cost us in, you know, because we could, we could have went in halftime 2-1, 3-1 up, even 2-0, yep. 3-0 up. I thought they had one good chance in the first half. Yeah, they did. Um and then a, a banger. An absolute bomb. Yeah, that's... Like, can you... Could you see Yangi scoring goals like that to break open games or rescue points? Uh, not at this stage, but um, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Fornaroli is a pretty experienced guy. Been around for a while. And he's... I'd say describe him as prolific in the A-League. I would, yeah. When he gets minutes, he needs extended minutes. Um He's had a lot of time off with the city drama and then he was uh, injured. But when he's on the field, he's always a danger. And he picks a ball up from 25 yards out and absolutely spanks one into the corner. You ain't saving them. No. Um, So if we look at maybe... we just have a bit of a look over Adelaide's team. Mm. What are your... uh, What are your yays and nays Mm. from the first round? I wonder if Bernardo is ready to start over Kiddo. <laughs> That's what I was really disappointed not to see him start, and I can yeah. understand us like cotton balling him a little bit. It's not a good idea to get this guy in and then maybe break his confidence, and then we lose him for the season. Yeah, trying to rebuild his his you know belief in his own ability. In saying that, uh, Kiddo had a couple of guilt edge chance, uh, chances, probably two of the best in the first half, and failed to convert. I uh, like I love his work rate. And I love the protection that he offers uh, Cavallo or uh, Lopez. I think it ended up being at left back. Yep. But he is a very good MPL player, as we keep saying. And obviously a great guy to have around a team because successive managers keep him in. Yeah. So there's probably an aspect to that we're not seeing and we're not commenting on. But I would just love to see Bernardo come on, uh, start, I mean, instead of coming on in a phase of the game where we're just bombing long balls up to him. Yeah, agree on all of that. Um, Kiddo has his place in the squad as as a depth player. Uh, would love to have seen Bernardo start, but also can see why they're maybe hesitant to jump him straight into round one away to Perth. Perth, a pretty experienced kind of squad too. Um, Typically always, eh? Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, Always dad, right. dad's armies out west. What did, you, uh, what did you think of the back line? Oh, it looked much better in the first half when we had Ansel and Jakobsen together. Yep. Uh, don't, haven't heard anything that could be just down to my own ignorance and lack of reading but 
Was it a tactical change at halftime to get Ansel off? Have you seen this? I've no idea. I I had the game on uh, mute because I was out, but uh, it, yeah, so I, I missed that. I don't know what went on. It took me by surprise. Um, I hope that he's in the team for this coming weekend because I have a feeling Trat is going to get his ass handed to him by City's front three. This guy's positioning, that was one thing that was glaringly obvious to me throughout the game. Yeah, he worried me a bit in the bits I saw. Um as well, just going back over the game, watching through like the the key moments, the highlights, and the mini match and stuff. Just some of his positioning, and we got he got lucky with one where he almost kept Fauna Roli on side, and Delianov made a good save anyway. But just things like that, and like jumped into Delianov at one point while he was trying to catch the ball. He was just I don't know. He kind of just ball watches and either stands still or runs out of position. And he, yeah. it was kind of worrying. He was but. ball watching. I mean, that is legitimately under six stuff. This is getting yeah. your kids first interested in the game. If he wants to be a fan and sit in the stands and watch you know, good players pass the ball around in front of him, by all means, go do that. Yep. Very worrying signs. <laughs> Where's Timotheu as well? Like He was surely a better option, unless we don't want to play with two left footers at centre-back. Uh, that's it's potentially a thing. I know some coaches look at that, some don't. I don't know. I think people often will play two right-footers, but are hesitant to play two left-footers. I don't know. We're speculating. but We are yeah. speculating. <laughs> I know it's a thing with um, Bielsa. He doesn't enjoy playing two left-footers at centre-back. Yeah, and lots of coaches will, especially at top level, will go and look for one, a left-footed centre-back to fit in. Um, but you'd yeah. think if they're good enough, that's... If they're good enough, they're good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on things that I did like in the game, I thought Halloran was good. I think he's going to have another good season, I hope. Yep. Had the armband on? He did, yeah. Uh, was that after Mork went off? I think... Uh, must, might have been. Yeah, yeah, I think Steph let him out. He is going to be... I hope he's going to be utilised as a 10 this season, Halloran. Because his creative ability in getting in between the lines and rushing at defenders and making a move out of position is really, really good. Yeah. And, He's probably our most creative player in the front third if we're going to have Goodwin being the most clinical and Yengi being the most robust. Yeah. I think there's a way to include him, uh, Goodwin, and hopefully Bernardo as well as Yengi in the front four. Yeah. No, that'd be good. Um, it just, I guess, what do you do with the midfield then? I guess it frees up Mork <clears throat> to not play so far forward. Yeah, that's what he I can, would hope. He can do more of his box-to-box thing, which he's good at because he's an engine. Um, and then I guess you have Izzy in there. Yep. And then you rotate through Wande and Louis Dorigo, which is like for the course of a A-League season, I think pretty handy. Yeah. I feel bad about that though, because I love Louis. He brought up big record on the weekend. Yeah. Quickest to 50 games. Uh, youngest. Youngest. Youngest And player. in the fastest time. Yeah, that's it. Youngest and in the quickest time to get to 50 games. Yeah. Um, King Louis. Legend. Love yeah, him. Remarkable. He's going to have a great uh, career with Adelaide United. Hopefully saves Adelaide United. Yeah, uh, unless he's you know unless he goes overseas, which is still a possibility. But of course, young man, if he's to stay in the A League, yeah, definitely. Please stay in Adelaide, please. <laughs> we put enough time and effort into you now, mate. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you like about the Adelaide United team? Um, I liked. I guess we brought in the first half, especially brought a real good, pretty good intensity. Um, it looked like we were fizzing the ball about as well, not just kind of. You know, taking a touch, then another touch, then moving the ball. We were like, just straight into it. Like, just knocking the ball around quick. Closing them down quick as well, when they had it. Um, we looked pretty dominant. And then I guess Perth just grew into the game. Uh, we're maybe not ready to control games 
um, to that extent yet. But yeah, no, it was an enjoyable match. Um, I came ac- came away from it much happier than I anticipated. Much more enthused with the result yeah. and with the performance. I think there's some decent signs in this fast. So. Is it going to be replicated uh, on the weekend? I don't know so much. <laughs> yeah, no. We've got a so first a home game. game. Uh, City? Yep. At home. Melbourne City at home. Melbourne City at home. Uh, not allowed into high marks unless you're double poked. Yes. So, um, there's that. I believe, is there still... I don't even know, but is the Eastern Stand is down. Eastern Stand's closed, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's under renovation yeah. at the moment. So... Interesting. Interesting times. It is going to be a very bizarre scene, I think, trying to get into Harmarsh this weekend. Give it a lot of time if you're going. I think it yeah. could take a while. Uh, obviously, less gates <laughs> to get people through, I think, maybe. Yeah. And then, uh, unless they're still using the Eastern Gate. And then the... Um... I've been past it. You can't even walk down there, really. It's all, oh, okay. like, dislodged bricks and shit. And then, like, people... Proper work site. People trying to... Uh, trying to show their proof of vaccine and stuff, which we're still trying to sort out, but yeah. You think now you've got to, you've got to line up, check in, vaccine passport, have your bags checked, get patted down by security. Get wandered. And then you haven't even shown them your ticket yet. <laughs> yeah. Why? No. It's, a, it's an ordeal, and first game of the year is usually an ordeal enough. So yeah. get down there early if you're going. And remember your masks. I'm sitting this one out. I miss this one. First, missing a home game. Yeah, Feels weird. Feels weird missing home games. It's but, not uh, going to be right to kick off the season without you up there yelling. No, I, I want to just. Ref. I want to just yell abuse at the referee for ninety minutes and <laughs> just just be an outright nuffy. <laughs> Encourage children around us to curse and stuff. That's, yeah. Try and give them little sneaky sips of our beers. Ask why players weren't sent off for their first foul. <laughs> Things like that. You know. Encourage in-depth football analysis from the stands. That's where we are. The opposition keeper getting a mouthful. <laughs> All the stuff we love about going to high marsh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's been too long. The off season is dangerously long. Now there was, <laughs> there was uh, other A League, but we're not going to go through it all because you know we've got like twenty odd weeks left of this shit for people to get around it. Twenty's <laughs> um, optimistic, man. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, introducing something new that you wanted to get onto here: multi killers. Drum roll, please. The A League is back. And so is my terrible attempts at trying to jag money off of, you know, the, the, the small interest that I, that I pay in fucking neutral games around the, around the country. Um, it was a good start. Put on a three-leg multi. Yep. Had Perth Glory to beat Adelaide United. Yep. North from one. Love that. Uh, I, think I, was, I think I was coaxed into the odds there, 2.30 at home. Wasn't overly ecstatic about our prospects and, you know, walked away with egg on my face. So that's going to happen. But thankfully, the other two legs failed as well. <laughs> so I had Western Sydney to beat Sydney FC away from home, which ended up being, I won't say a bore 0-0 draw, but definitely a tense arm wrestle, which maybe never broke into any sort of quality. Yep. Did you see it? it was. I did watch yeah. this game and, uh, yeah, pretty meh. Yeah, real math. There's maybe an argument now that we shouldn't have derbies to start the season because everyone's a little bit rusty and the games are never as you know. Well, I've always I've always thought like off topic, but like round one should have the hype anyway of being round one. Yeah, I don't excited. understand why you would put your derbies in round one. Like why you would have we had three of them. Why you would have the F three derby, the Sydney derby, like just 
um, you know, you should be marketing and having all this hype around the first round to get the crowds in anyway. And then you keep them in rounds two, rounds three, rounds four, you know, ease into the year. A few games have gone by and then the derbies hit you. Like we're going to play Melbourne victory in what, round four mm-hmm. at home. Perfect time. Yeah. Both teams have had three games. Brilliant you kind of, you know, already a fourth game could make or break or, you know, it has a lot of sway on the table. So, um, yeah, I just think it's more exciting if it's a few rounds in than straight up first round because you're already hyped for round one anyway. <clears throat> so, yeah. I think, and on that, Melbourne victory was the third game um, that I had in my multi. I had them to draw away to Western United. Um, Western United couldn't even keep their end of the bargain up already. Already fallen yeah. apart. So, yeah, Melbourne victory come the fourth round could be shooting for four wins in a row. And it will have a big impetus. Yeah. It will bring an extra dynamic factor to the stands that day and you know we'll probably have away fans too so that's going to be uh you know reinvigorated active support over in melbourne their social media team will give them a shout out today there's already reports of uh much better interaction between the board (laughs) the boardroom and the fans so interesting to see how the uh the bloody soap opera that is the north terrace plays out this season (laughs) (laughs) um so on this multi-killer thing you you um, you reckon you're going to tally these? I'm going to table these. I realise the A League. I realise to start not from three is probably more of like a reflection of my poor punting than pra- <laughs> than maybe the three teams that I've that I've plumped with and let me down. But no, I'm going to keep a keep a record this season, and we'll pop in from time to time and see who has been the biggest multi killer of the current so season. You're defining any uh, so who like who's the multi killer? Uh, so, so say you you backed. The multi-killer in the Perth-Adelaide game is Perth because they backed them to win and they didn't okay. win. Okay. Uh, same with West Sydney. Yeah. The, the draw's the hard one. I'm going to go with the team that loses because they weren't good enough to keep it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, <you'll>... fair enough. <laughs> so Western United go in the bin straight up. Yeah. So to me, the, a multi-killer is always like... Uh, it's like a genuine favourite that doesn't win. Okay. Know what I mean? Like, yep. Because, you know... Uh, even odds and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Odds on look on. Or very, very even games are like, you know, they could go either way. But when you have like a, you know, like uh, Man City losing to someone, like Man City losing to Palace at home, yeah. or that's Man- a multi-killer. Man you losing to Watford, stuff like that. <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> multi-killer. We can jump straight into that if you like. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, speaking Let's of drum it. rolls, um, yeah. <laughs> if I ever have to inevitably leave the pod... Am I going to get a sit-down interview where I can tearfully say goodbye and thank everyone for my time here? Um, if you like, and then we can also set up to have people outside like to hug you as you leave, <laughs> yeah. as you leave your own house. I have my private photographers there making sure it's all over my social media in the coming days. As you wander away from the uh, <clears throat> Night Shift Studio corporate building, you can, uh, yeah, <laughs> you, can, you can get hugs from fans and do interviews. <laughs> The last time that I lost my job, when I left the building, I had a company car at the time and they took the car. So I had to walk to the train station and it was nothing like the reception that Ollie got, unfortunately. What a bizarre situation to yeah. sit this man down for a goodbye. I, I asked the Man U fans what they thought of it and they, it was obviously geared to them. They're trying to retain the legacy and the good favor and goodwill yeah. amongst their fan base, but... Fuck, it opens them up to some ridicule outside. I think he, like, Ollie will get away with it in the end, though, because 
the, like fans will just point back to the uh, the executives and stuff and the people that make the decisions at the club and blame them and say, oh, he should never have been appointed in the first place, which he probably shouldn't have. Yeah, he has the worst record of any manager in the post-Fergie era. It's pretty blatantly clear that he was not up to scratch for this. And um, uh, also, since he became Manchester manager, he has spent more money than any other Premier League side in that period. Yep. Uh, so it's not like he hasn't had the resources either. So for this, you know, for the media team to try and butter up the fans and say, oh, you know, Oli's a good guy. He did everything he could. Let's not blame anyone in this situation. No, this is a co- it's a colossal fuck up because they have rinsed four hundred million pounds, wasted three years, four years, and have won next to nothing. And they're worse off than they were five years ago before he came in. So I don't know. I don't know. It just it seems like propaganda. And the ones that are gobbling it up, I just wonder: is this you know to try and? stave off any protests uh, you know the menu fans going to start getting mad again now that they don't have i mean we say that and ronaldo did his thing in the champions league again this morning so that'll keep them happy for a couple more days but at what point are they actually going to try and wrestle control back from these guys is what i'm wondering yeah i'm not too worried about it no neither am i but i'm enjoying it but uh, yeah <clears throat> did you did you see any of the the game from the weekend. Do you have anything from the actual United Watford game? The Watford game? game. No, no. I just... No. They're just individually poor, defensively, uh, as, a, as a structure and a unit, poor, uh, bereft of ideas in attack, relying upon individual brilliance too often to break open games. Uh, in this case, De Gea keeping people out as well. It's, it's a mess. It's a total mess. And who would want to take this job at the moment watching that? Imagine you watched that game and thought, do I really want to manage this? Yeah, I, I mean, I'd take it. But, you know, I put bread in crates for a living. So <laughs> um, if I was offered the Man United job, yes, I'd take it. Sure. Some would say that's what Ollie did too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to bring up Harry Maguire because uh, this guy is absolutely copping it lately. <laughs> Isn't he? And on reflection, it's probably fair. Like... <laughs> what? I saw someone put together a compilation video this morning of him just doing really dumb shit. And um, is this guy just, just not good enough? And he should never have been in this position in the first place. But then he has like moments where like he scored a goal for England in a 10-0 win and celebrated like he'd just won the World Cup. That, like, yeah. Fucking ridiculous. I think that almost sums... That's just more related out of touch. to his character, yeah. His yeah. misunderstanding exact... Like I said last week, I love it when... Uh, I said it in the goal review. I love it when a, a striker scores or a defender scores and gives it to the home crowd. Like that's brilliant. But in this case, it was just so unwarranted. Like you scoring on international duty against a minnow nation has nothing to do with everything that is going on back in Manchester. When they won by a cricket score, yeah, it was. Tyrone Mings was scoring goals for fuck's sake. Like everyone was getting on the score sheet. On that, I thought Maguire at Leicester looked like a player that could play at the top level and I think we've seen him for England play at the top level and there are definitely there's been times for United where he has been quite uh, strong and you know displayed leadership qualities this season where it's just all gone off the rails he has unfortunately slipped with the team I think yep uh 
It's mm, it's a tough one. I, it's hard for him now because where does he go from here? He has to stay at United, but he's always going to be known now as the guy that over you know presided over the captaincy of a side that's the worst it's been in twenty five years or whatever it is. <laughs> oh, twenty five years. Well, how long was Fergie there for? Was, uh, longer. So you so yeah. So you got Fergie and post Fergie. They started winning titles in the nineties. This has and, to be the yeah. lowest ebb for Man United in thirty years. Then yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I messaged my I messaged my brother and my cousin was like, "I've waited my entire life for you guys to be dog shit like this. (laughs) Just let us have it." Why did Watford had to fucking go and ruin it? Didn't they? Piss takers. (laughs) Just let him hang on for a little bit longer. Let him cling on a bit. Um, We might leave it there with United. Onto another another side that got a fucking uh, absolute battering on the weekend. Uh, Probably a less embarrassing battering and a slightly more expected battering. But uh, Liverpool 4, Arsenal 0. Did you see this one? Uh, I saw bits. Yeah. What did you make of Arsenal's resilience to the uh, mm. to the overwhelming power that is Liverpool? It's just uh, it's disappointing because Arsenal have been pretty solid defensively this year. Um, but they, I guess they were just overwhelmed here. And you kind of, going into the game, you, always, you kind of knew that there's still that lingering of like the Arsenal of the later Wenger years or of the last 10 years. Where you're, you know, you would not be surprised to see them lose a game like this four nil, and then da 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 lost four nil. Yeah, it's old, yeah. old, uh, old habits die hard, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I think I think um, Arsenal fans and Arteta probably, it's probably is a measure of where they are at the moment. Like this game in isolation isn't the worst for their season because mm. yeah, at the point. end of the day, like it's. It's still just a one game. You lost four nil, but you only lost you lost one game. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they had twenty five good minutes. I thought to begin it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I thought they started and it looked like they had a plan and they kept them at bay a little bit. Yeah, and the thing that really fired the game up was the Klopp Arteta confrontation. Yeah. Everything after then, Liverpool were dynamite. Oh, who would win in a fight, Arteta or Klopp? Oh, Klopp would win the fight. <laughs> But Arteta would walk away the the more ethical stoic man. From what it, it looked His like, Arteta Arteta was uh, having words with the fourth official, and then yeah, Klopp came it. over and got involved because he just likes to be a nosy sook. <laughs> Is that what you reckon? Yeah, he just likes crying about <laughs> stuff, doesn't he? <laughs> I think Arteta was out of his technical area. Right yeah. on top of that uh, supposed foul, and he well, wasn't was, happy with that. He was talking to the fourth official. Yeah, he was felt, over there talking to the official. Felt like he was influencing the game a little bit too nah. much. I don't know, Klopp. Is uh, constantly in the media dribbling crap and whinging about <laughs> stuff that doesn't concern him. So, especially when he's got like the most powerful team in the competition, just worry about them because they are they are ridiculous. It's unhinged. It's like and now uh, bloody Diego Yota is graduated into like this upper echelon of footballer. Keep keeping Bobby out most weeks. He's making Firmino look like he was signed from Wish. Yes. <laughs> Bobby is the uh, he's the, the Wish Jota. Yeah, the Wish Jota. Gumtree Jota. It's it's when you it's like when you mentor someone and then they come and gun for your job and take it. Yeah. It's the ultimate ultimate disrespect. Now, uh, he's just been wild. He's such a fantastic forward. He's built for this small forward, false nine, into you know interloping with the wingers. They're just too hard to control, and I worry for most sides that come up against Liverpool this season. Yep. Um, 
enough on enough on Liverpool Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, Steady pace. There was a few. Uh, There's a few other good games this weekend. We won't talk about them, but uh, Burnley Palace was a cracker. Three all. There was also it was a cracker. Is Benteke the best striker in the Premier League? Nope. <laughs> How much is he paying to win the Golden Boot? Do you think? Don't know. Multi-killer that one. Don't yeah, do it. That would be a multi-killer, yes. Um, Although Palace draw is a pretty good bet these days. Yeah, we won't go into it because we've said it plenty of times. It. But yeah, we've done it. They need to start getting wins probably. <laughs> Newcastle, the Newcastle game was also good. Yeah, what the fuck is going yeah. on? A uh, bit of goals galore between them and Brentford. Um, Brentford known for goals this season. Yeah, known for goals. Also conceding a few though now. True. New- um, Newcastle, dead bottom, no wins. Only side without a win this season. Yeah, they're shit. Isn't it just wonderful to see? I don't know if it's wonderful. They're linked with Nathan Ake and James Tarkowski in the window. That's grim. Yeah. If that's the quality they're bringing in uh, in January, good luck keeping yourselves up. Yeah. Tell you what. Yep. And then we also had uh, Chelsea pumped uh, Leicester. Leicester, yeah. Um, Leicester have been on the end of a couple of these this year. Yeah, they? they have. Getting some, Losing some games they probably... Wouldn't like to. Should at least be competitive in. And yeah. they just, they did not show up again, man. Um, I guess just for Chelsea, just another day out. Yeah, pretty they much. Had, they had another one this morning. They absolutely blew the fucking doors off Juve. Yeah. What? And it's so good to oh, see. Dude, Chelsea, I mean. Not because I like Chelsea, but Juve can eat it. <laughs> yeah, any morning that Juve gets comprehensively pumped is a yep. good morning. Uh, yeah, Chelsea just living up to pre-season expectation. We thought yep. they were going to look like this, and this is exactly... What they're what they're executing? Yeah, uh, they they're don't, impressive. They don't need strikers when N'Golo Kante scoring bangers. Um, so. Especially at home. <laughs> yeah, they seem to be especially powerful at the bridge. Irresistible, yeah. almost like that Mourinho o four o five season where they just conceded. Yep. What was it? Twenty goals all season or something? Yeah. Like eight at home, ridiculous. Um, and the other one was just uh, City. I guess we're just mentioning all the teams at the top of the table getting wins. All three. So. Yeah. A pretty standard win for uh, Man City, but it's just the uh, the manner they went about it in, and the quality of the, especially that the Sterling goal, mm. Cancelo, the and then Cancelo the Rod- Rodri goal as well. Like yeah. they just, um, they look like they could win every game ten nil. They yeah. don't always, but maybe they need a striker. <laughs> but but they do. Yeah, they just look so strong. Yeah, brilliant. Two and those like you commented then, two pieces of immaculate quality. Uh, I'm not sure which I enjoyed more. Maybe the Cancelo pass. That's his yeah. sixth assist for the season. Yeah. Uh, what, dynamite. Took him a while to grow into this, but we knew he had talent, and this is um, he's just a gem. He's absolute wild to watch. Yep. Man City in that game uh, had 861 passes with a 93% pass completion rate. Total domination. Almost the most complete performance you, you will see. Yep. That just, like I said, they could win every game 10-0. They're just... They're just in control. Mm. They don't do more than they necessarily need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with those three wins, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, and City, they have blown away the three main contenders you would have thought this season, Leicester, Arsenal, and Everton. So, you know, Everton under Rafa Benitez, they started well. They've had a few injuries now. Their squad is too threadbare to be able to maintain yep. that kind of um, title challenge or Definitely. top four challenge. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a league of three this season, which I suppose is better than the last, given that City just ran away with it mid-year, but still have Chelsea to win, I'd say. Yeah. All right, anything else Premier League? That is everything Premier League. It's getting a little bit... Um, English First Division, we should say. 
Yeah, I've fall, fallen back into the Premier League hype. <laughs> it's all their releasing of new documentaries and stuff. It's just <laughs> yeah. How hard can to we ignore. not? Swallowing their propaganda every day. I was just going to uh, move over to Germany quickly because we haven't really talked about the Bundesliga this year. Yes, inform me. But have um, keeping up with it. Dortmund had a winner with an 85th, 85th minute goal from Marco Royce to beat Stuttgart at home. This Dortmund side has got battered a few times this year. They got smashed by Ajax twice. They have looked terrible in Europe. They've looked pretty average in the league. And after all that, they come away this weekend with only a one-point deficit to Bayern Munich, who lost to Augsburg uh, before the Dortmund game. So then Marco Royce's winner put, put Dortmund within one point, albeit 16 goals behind of uh, Bayern Munich. Well, hot damn. How, how have they managed to stay in touch? Well, is it Bayern just not doing their job? Or is it um, the overall quality that well, they I guess have it just, I don't know if like the, the combination of dropping a few points in the Bundesliga with dropping games in the Champions League makes it seem like they've lost so many games and mm. they've lost so much ground. But they're in separate competitions, I guess. And it's not until you look at the table, sometimes like you just you develop these ideas in your head that, Bayern are off and away and they batter teams, but then, you know... The reality is, no. The reality is Bayern challenge. have dropped a few as well and it's right on. Beautiful. How do you see it playing out? Do you think it'll stay neck and neck? The way it? I see it playing out is Bayern have that patch of three months where they fucking destroy everything that comes near them. Yeah. And they win the league by okay. miles. Because Dortmund, Fair. I think it's reflected in the goal difference. Mm-hmm. What is it currently? So Bayern 28 goals for... Goal, yeah. uh, Goals plus, mm-hmm. and Dortmund 12. So 16 goal difference. And Dortmund, Dortmund staying up there through close, like winning close games. They're not putting anyone away. Mm-hmm. Um, every game seems like a battle for them. And they, manage, they do manage to get the win because they just have some better players. But you're not going to go well doing that the entire season against the likes of Bayern, who at some point are just going to put everyone away. Yep. And it doesn't look like there's any smokies coming through either. It should just be a Bayern dormant season. No. Um, pretty pretty cool to see Freiburg up there, though. They, um, just a team that kind of... I don't know, they're fun to watch. They've always been good to watch. A bit of a bogey team for Dortmund as well. They, I believe they beat, they beat Dortmund earlier this season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're in the mix. It'd be cool to see them play some European football. Hell someone yeah. different. Uh, Union up there as well. Union Berlin, yeah, who, they just beat Hertha Berlin on the weekend, I believe, in Ooh. the Berlin derby. Oh, so. I wish I watched that. That would have been weird. Yeah, it would have been. It was good. Um, yeah, they did. 2-0. Yeah, 2-0. They, and the stadium was just pumping. That stadium gets absolutely pumping because they've got this really cool rectangular stadium around the pitch, whereas uh, their rivals, Hertha Berlin, have the old Olympic stadium from the 30s. It's just... Nice. Not El, great. El Clasico. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is one of the football derbies in the world that I would love to go and uh, like attend as a neutral. Yep. That, right up there. No, it'd be cool. Um, that's all I got for Germany. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, good rap. Yeah. Germany seems, uh, seems hot. It is seems hot. Tight. Yeah. I feel like the top European leagues are slipping into a holding pattern. Maybe not so much Italy, but it's definitely establishing a formula. Even in Spain as well, we're seeing some samey same results. Yeah. Could be, could be just uh, focus upon the regular suspects vying it out for a um, for a title this season. Champions League as well. 
seems like the big 16 teams you would expect are going to get through. Uh, shame for Atalanta this morning that slipped away, but, you know, it's just, these are, these are tough groups. These are tough things to break into. I mean, we're seeing yeah. the establishment of the Super League power and it's the same guys that are continually qualifying anyway, so. Yep. Um, like you said, the only one that really looks like shaking it up a bit is Italy. Again, um, I can go into that if you like. Yeah, do it. Yeah, it was we an interesting... Had, we haven't had an Italian rap it a little bit. Well, I've done it. I think we've done one every week for a while, haven't we? Yeah. We but... missed out. We didn't record the week of the Milan derby. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That was the best game of football I've seen this year. Mm. Like, it's probably no good going back and watching it now. It was a few weeks ago. <laughs> but... If, um, that's, if that's what you're into, though, that could I remember, be your kink. I remember saying to you how, like, I never... When I was younger, I used to always like record games and I'd get up and watch them. Mm-hmm. But now I can't seem to watch a full game that's not live. Like I have to watch it live or I get up and watch the mini. Yeah. This one, I got up and I watched the entire game, start Shit. to finish with the pre-game, the post-game. <laughs> and it was just fucking excellent. Like, <laughs> like seven-year-old me inside was just like absolutely frothing <laughs> over the Milan derby. It was so good. <laughs> so they did. It's the fir- it was the first Milan derby in like since the COVID stuff happened. Mm-hmm. So like, well, not the first Milan derby, but the first time we've had crowds back. Yeah. And they've and got so, full stadiums, no restrictions. Like, yeah. So it, the, the San Siro was absolutely packed and the Milan fans did this massive display, which was just amazing with this. They had the light show going and they had this music playing and it had this like speech over the top and they did this display about the um, health workers in Italy oh, cool. and the sacrifice they made. And it was just so like, it was just really, really powerful. It was like you were watching like, you know, when you watch like an Olympics opening ceremony and the stadium's like in darkness and then there's patches of light and there's things going on. And it was just, it was just a really cool vibe. It was so good. And it set the stage for the best, like the best game I've seen this season mm-hmm. anywhere, um, which played out in a one all draw with goals at either end. Yeah. Banger. Yeah. That's, yeah. Isn't that just a fucking sight to see? Finally, Milano Derby in front of the uh, yeah. packed house, man. Yep. Uh, was it a fair result, 1-1? Uh, probably, yeah. Like, both teams had patches of the game where they dominated and should have, should have, like, won it. But a, a draw, probably fair. Um, Chalanoglu scoring a penalty, winning and scoring a penalty for Inter against his old team. Does raise, raise the question. And then... Should you celebrate? <laughs> yeah, we didn't, we never got a chance to go into this, but... No. I don't have a problem with him celebrating, Celebrate the goal by all means. I think you should always celebrate your goals, no matter who it's against. But that celebration doesn't need to involve um, antagonizing opposition supporters. It's, what's, so, what's the line there? Uh, you mean him directly? Directly, like, as in he did his celebration with his teammates and that. Mm-hmm. So and that's then, cool, that's cool. All right, so then all, the his, whatever. all his teammates have started going off back to position. And he's still standing there, and he's right in front of the stand where the Milan fans are. And he raises both arms at him and gives him the ears and like just stands there like waving at him a bit and just really hyping him up like because he copped a lot of shit for saying he wanted to leave Milan and move to Inter, rightfully so because they're rivals. But you just got to cop that as a footballer. And then I think when you're a player like Chalanoglu, I don't think you have any right to razz up the opposition fans. (laughs) He's gone to Inter and (laughs) that's probably the best game he's played for Inter as well. Yeah. And even then, he probably had a 20 or 30 minute burst where he looked good. This is why Milan 
weren't too bothered about letting him go because he's not a consistent footballer. But he, he has this massive ego on him. So he was strutting around on the field, acting like he won Serie A with Inter last season when he didn't. He just moved there. Mm. Um, so good luck to him. You know, He's struggling to, for consistent minutes and consistent uh, performances on the field. So fuck him. Maybe he's done a, he's, he would do a storage and add like an, on his honours list just a retrospective yeah. title there. Yeah, no, I was yeah. there. I was there. Don't worry about it. Don't look into it. Yeah. And then um, Frank Kessier, the monstrous midfielder for mm. Milan, hit the post with like a couple of minutes to go. Uh, yeah, could have gone either way. Excellent game. Anyway, moving fast forwarding. Fast forward to the present. To the present. Um, over the weekend, the two top sides, Napoli and Milan, both undefeated. Both lost oh. on the weekend. Oh. Same weekend. Milan went away to Fiorentina and lost 4-2. Um, they, Fiorentina were awful last season, just avoided relegation. This season, they're right in the mix. They're up there. They're in, they're in seventh, but they're, they're in a big bunch of teams that could all take European spots. Um, and then Napoli also lost. They lost a cracking game to Inter. So all of a sudden... Just like that, Inter are four points off the pace. Napoli and Milan on 32, Inter 28. Juve also got themselves a big a big win. Morale booster. To get points. They got two penalties, <clears throat> which of which uh, Bonucci scored both. So <laughs> game on in Italy again. Atalanta getting results. Roma got a result on the weekend as well. Yep. Um, that Juve win was against Lazio, sorry, as well. So that brings everything just... Compact Everything just stays a bit tighter and a bit closer. And, you know, Juve are never really out of it. 11 points now. Um, we're only 13 games in, mm-hmm. you know? so This is the most exciting league for sure across the big five Europeans, without a shadow of a doubt. Yep. Uh, I did see Roma win because uh, Jose had to uh, buy a pair of, pair of runners for some guy. He promised he'd score a goal. And it was like a really touching, sweet <laughs> moment. And then you see the sneakers he pulls out of the box and you're like, those are god Awful sneakers. <laughs> That's really what you were playing for? It's fucking hell, man. Yeah. Don't get me started on modern fashion. Do not get me started. I'm not starting. <laughs> Do um, like the fuse, Sammy. I had like one. The only other thing I was going to say about Italy was because of the... Uh, when you said the multi-killers. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Roma one but, from a few weeks ago. Well, mine's a bit back because like... Yeah, like a couple of weeks ago, it was Roma losing to Venezia. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you haven't seen it, Check out Venezia's home kit. It's, oh, dude. It's the all sexiest thing. The new, all their kits. The new third and fourth yeah. look amazing. So Venezia, uh, Venice, obviously. Yeah. Um, but go check out their kits. Their home kit, the black one. I'm thinking about going in the market for one. They look awesome. Yeah. Um, but they, they beat Roma. And I never really expected them to. They were absolutely dominated and just went up the other end and got some goals. So that cost me a multi. That was the only leg that failed. And then this week... Um, it was a Venezia game again, but so do I blame Venezia for beating the teams I'm picking? <laughs> yeah, or, so this like, is the flip side of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe so, we should start backing Venezia. So Venezia aren't really the well. They didn't win, but they um, they stopped Spezia from winning. Well, no, sorry, they they did win. They won one nil. Yeah, to Bologna. Oh, so, to Bologna. And yeah. I had I had uh, both teams to score in that game, and Bologna didn't score, so. Multi you know, killer. Do I blame Bologna and Roma for not getting the job done, or do Hell I blame yeah. Venezia for being good? <laughs> that would be- <laughs> and getting results I don't expect of them. <laughs> I would definitely the ones that you back in that have let you down. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's just like it's, table. 
this is getting it's getting pretty niche this but like venezia <laughs> are one of those they're one of those small kind of clubs um and obviously everyone knows venice the tourist destination mm. uh not really known for their football club but um their home games this year they've got this small little kind of yeah, almost looks like artificial state like temporary stands lego and stuff stadium. like lego stadium built and their their fans make a lot of noise and their colors look awesome and stuff so they're a lot of fun they're it's, just they're just a fun club to watch at the moment definitely a good and watch. a lot of people yeah. are hoping they do enough to stay up yeah how are they looking i haven't not in surely a few points that they've gathered well the, the two wins in the last two weeks been pretty handy so has it got them out of the trouble they're out of the drop yeah they're four they're 14th at the moment beautiful yeah definitely one to keep an eye on there you go that's my that's my italian rant Less of a rant, more of a, an indulgence. That was great. I did, um, I did re- I signed up to KO again so I could watch more uh, Italian football on a Sunday night because it is yep. by far the best league to watch at the moment. Yeah. Uh, have not regretted a dollar of the 25 that I contribute to Murdoch's coffers every month. Lovely. <laughs> great, did you see any of the games on the weekend? No, I didn't. I was out all weekend, unfortunately. Yeah, there, there was a good um, the Sunday night game, Sassuolo and uh, I think it was Spezia. Mm. That was a two all. Cracker, another one. Absolute cracking game, yeah. I'll be it's awesome. I'll be locking down this weekend and play it in like because it's we're getting to the point now where there's lots of games in Italy where like the midday and like one p.m. two p.m. kickoffs are like it's like five degrees without heavy fog and stuff. So yeah, it's <sighs> it's a sight. Yeah, it's cool. Um, just to wrap this up, we're getting towards the end now. Yep. Speaking of News Corp Murdoch, given they've relinquished. Um, the rights to the A-League. Have you noticed the lack of coverage that has come from the News Corp stables, being their newspapers, their broadcast sports news, even their social media page, their home of Australian football social media page, mm. did not post a single article about the A-League over the weekend? No, not one. In their last three months, all they have reported on is the Josh Cavallo announcement. Yep. And then a short six-minute video wrapping up the games from the weekend. Yeah, does right. this, does this Is this disgruntlement? Is this petty fight back? Or is it just a sign of the times? It's, We're it's just, get they just don't care. They, they just, just don't care. They don't care about football. They never really have. Um, it's just a way for them to make money. Now that they don't have it, they lost the Premier League. They don't really care anymore. Uh, we've seen like it's been well documented like through people like Simon Hill, the treatment football writers and football football people got at Foxtel. Um, so yeah, that's they just don't care. They just don't care. No, nah. I'm glad a lot of them on Fox did get the chance to migrate across to Channel Ten. Um, seeing Tara rushed on on the weekend was such a joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Foxtel uh, they just do enough to keep me clinging on at the moment. Yep, just enough. <clears throat> just enough. The, they got my Formula One. They got my MotoGP. They've got the well. Ever they've got B in. They got B in sports. So I still get my Serie A fix. So I'll stick with them for now. Um, Has been fun yeah. adding another subscription service over the weekend. I was. Though. I was just going <laughs> to add um, on that. I shared an article. Oh, I didn't share an article, but I shared a little, a few screenshots on the weekend from similar thing. ABC Sport and the coverage football gets on there. There was like one measly football post between in the like a 24-hour period there was like 12 13 articles about Tim Payne the cricket captain oh like, yeah the scandal and every, then the return every 5 minutes someone would voice their opinion on it and they would 
write a new article about it mm. and release that. And there was absolutely nothing about the build-up of the A-League, anything like that, going into round one. It's just, it's really disappointing. Especially given, like, ABC used to always, they used to broadcast, up until two seasons ago, were broadcasting every game on ABC Radio. Yeah, um, they were, Grandstand. They had the yeah, W-League rights Grandstand. for a little bit. Yeah, so... They have been a part of the growth of the game, and so it's weird that they've... And just by posting that, the, the, the Campbelltown pitch, all they're doing is opening up the league to pot shots and criticisms from outside our circles. Yeah, well, that, was, that was my point, yeah. They just, the only it. thing they posted about the A-League over the whole like three days of the weekend was about Campbelltown pitch being crap. Thanks. Cool. Mm, good. Yeah, good input. And nice the, pot shot, ABC. <laughs> with the question, uh, would you play on this pitch? It's like, well, that's, yeah. that's not the point. Well, have done. Maybe. The, yeah, exactly. Maybe the question is, is Campbelltown fulfilling, is the council fulfilling their duties in providing a pitch that's adequate for professional standard? But no. Yep. That's never the angle that you would take. <laughs> On that, we might wrap it up. Good week of football. Probably another good one to come. Yeah. <laughs> what? Do you have any tips for Adelaide? Are we going to go well or not? <laughs> uh, I'm tipping... A 2-1 Melbourne City win. 2-1? Yeah. That's keeping it tight. Only if yeah, Ansel starts. Yeah, I think we play, seem to play better at home. True. I don't think they'll kill us. Because they're also a little rusty as well. But I still think they'll beat us. Just. Just. I'm going to go for a draw. 88th minute equaliser. It'll be scrappy. It'll be some weird own goal. Yep. Lock that one in, guys. Based on nothing. And given my past past results as well. You know, you can back that in with confidence. All right. (laughs) See you on the terraces Saturday, guys. Bye.